Hello, and welcome to Male Spouse Conversations. I am your host, Sybil Jones. Male Spouse Conversations is a group of military spouses and one military child hosting real, raw, real topics, real conversations. Yo, this show is not for the faint of heart. If you feel it, we feel it. If you think it, we think it. No topic is safe from discussion. Uncomfortable topics, yeah. Needed discussions, absolutely. Unforgettable conversations, you best believe it. So come on, join us as we, the conversation starters, come and give you some real raw, real topics, real conversations. Okay, great. We're live. Hi, guys. Sorry, I'm a little behind the behind the uh, curveball here. So Sybil is not going to be with us tonight. She is running milk, uh, a Mill Spouse Fest live tonight, so she's not going to be here. But we have Jazz. Say hi, Jazz. Hi. We've got Anna. Hi. Nashida. Hey, y'all. And then me. I'm Becca. Um. Tonight, we don't have the, the startup music. I was looking for some music. I was trying to find a good country song because, you know, I'm a country girl, but I couldn't find anything. So we're going to skip that tonight. We'll wait till next time and Sybil can do her music intro. Um, but we are going to be talking about PCSing. PCS season is going to be upon everybody pretty soon. So if this is your first PCS, the first piece of advice I have for you is just breathe. This too shall pass. Um, it's very stressful as my, my other ladies here can tell you that jazz, I'm sure you've PCS enough as a male spouse kid, you know, the stresses that are associated with that. Um, as far as PCS and girls, what's some of your PCS tips for people that are either seasoned PCSers or some of our newbies that this might be their first, uh, time around the block with PCS and. I would say let them pack for you. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. No diddy moves. Not for me. <laughs> let them pack for you. I definitely. Yeah, we had a diddy move once. You did the diddy move? Oh what? my gosh. They make it sound like, oh, you're going to save money. They're going to give you you know benefits it. you don't get hardly any bennies for all the work that you do right it's a <laughs> lot of freaking work and then you have to rent the truck pack the truck unpack the truck i was like i don't think this is worth the money we're getting for it i'm not i'm not sure i think there's a trick involved in this i think like, it's worth it if you just don't have a lot of stuff or something i don't know but. if you oh, don't have okay, three yeah. kids if you don't have three kids three dogs a husband and a partridge and a pear tree it's probably <laughs> worth it but my husband tried to get us to do a Diddy move when we did our retirement move here. And I told him, you'll be on your own because I'm not doing it. I'll be at the hotel. You let me know when you make it to the <laughs> other side because I'm not, not yeah, doing I'll be it. like, I'm not 25 anymore. So, uh, and all that, all that stuff is like, oh my God. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of Diddy Moves. I mean, it, it, the first couple times we did it, you know, it was good because we did we did make some money off of it. But now there's a lot of restrictions with it. So I don't think you would make as much as what you used to be able to. And for me, the stressors for doing a Diddy Move is just, it still wasn't worth it. It's, it's much easier for me to let movers come in. And a lot of people... And I'm sure you guys have gone through this too. You know, they worry about, oh, what if my stuff gets broke? Um, what's going to happen if, if my grandma's heirloom gets, you know, lost in the middle of stuff? And yes, things get lost and yes, things get broke. But I will tell you now that the longer the military has been around and the longer they've been hiring people to move us, the better they've gotten about picking quality movers and getting people that actually care about your stuff and don't let it break. With that being said, how many of you have found a plastic spoon wrapped in 500 pieces of paper? <laughs> That's probably I feel like we move glasses. We lose glasses every time we move just at least one or two, but I never had a, pla I had a bunch of plastic from the, 
you know those spoons and stuff you use mm-hmm. yeah those wrapped up yeah I've had those yep I've had plastic <laughs> spoons wrapped up um I have had magazines wrapped up I've had them literally wrap magazines um but you know I would rather unpack stuff up and wrap everything than stuff come up broke but I will tell you now I am that one that will cuss when I'm unwrapping a plastic spoon <laughs> because i'm tired i'm tired of the paper i'm sick of the paper yeah the paper oh it's a lot the paper's amazing i would say re-gift the boxes i've seen um my other advice is to definitely get into the facebook networks or any kind of social media networks ahead of time and then when you get there you know tell people hey i have all these boxes and paper if you want to come get it it's yours um, otherwise I'm, I'm pretty hardcore about calling the companies and having them come and get the boxes out of the way. Absolutely. Um, another trick that I learned actually my last move I've done, I've moved 13 times with the Navy since our, our start. We have, we've not had that many duty stations, but between having kids and ranking up and, you know, you, you run out of bedrooms for your kids and you have another one and you qualify for a bigger house. So you move to it or they pick up rank and you're no longer eligible for the house you're living in. You have to move to another house. So between all of that, I've had 13 addresses in 22 years. It was not until my 13th move that I read somewhere, and this was an amazing piece of advice. You either take scrapbook and paper or different different colored duct tape. And as they are packing up the boxes, say all of your duct tape all of your bedroom one is pink duct tape so you put pink duct tape on every box that's going into bedroom one and then for your son's room you might put green duct tape on every box that's going into your son's room then when you get on the other side to the house you put that green duct tape on your son's room you put the pink duct tape on the other room and then that way they know okay let's match the box to the color of the door Let's match it like that. So exactly. See, Nishita, isn't that amazing? So see, then all your boxes make a destined room. Yeah, because that's when they're bringing it all in and they're like, which room does this go in? Which Oh, my God, it's exhausting. And then they have to find you. Yeah, that's a great idea. Color code your boxes and your rooms. Then they don't have to ask anything. It's like, ooh, pink box, pink room. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it was, yeah. 13th move I learned that it's a little too late so, you know I'll share that with you guys that still have some PCS's under your belt right but you get the best ideas on the last move I know hindsight's 2020 you know it's always easy to be a Monday morning quarterback so but I would yeah, say if was... any of the listeners or watchers have any tips um please put them in in the comments so we can check them because I'm always up for a good a good tip absolutely absolutely some of the some of the other tips that I've learned along the way. One is make sure that you have a designated closet for everything you don't want them to pack and Mm -hmm. put a big X on it with big old pieces of duct tape because they know what that means. If you have a room, if you have a closet, you want all of your luggage, all the stuff that you're taking with you, you put that all in one area and mark it off so they don't touch it. Otherwise, you're going to have all your luggage, your medicine, your underwear, everything you need for point B is gonna end up going with your move oh. stuff. Yeah, that is I so usually, true. Um, That's so true. I'll leave I it all in closet. the bathrooms. I'll I'll say don't pack the bathrooms. That's a good idea. I've used a closet. I never thought about using the bathroom. Oh, also before they leave, check all your cabinets, check mm-hmm. the attic, check everything. When we moved from Hawaii, they missed an entire three shelves, and I was like, I can't can't do that now what am I going to do with that I can't take it on the airplane and I just had to give stuff away and ship you know I had to go to the the post office and ship what I I could and give the rest of it away because but it was my fault I didn't check um yeah we had to rent a U-Haul once a pull behind a course on the move where we were moving cross country because they left so much stuff I don't they forgot stuff in the garage and we just got you know uh like weren't paying attention I guess <laughs> well you don't think about it you yeah. know because it's not stuff you see if they miss it you're probably gonna miss it too until they're gone and then everything's gone and another mm-hmm. another good thing is make sure you empty your trash cans I've never had this happen but I've heard people say they yeah. pack trash yeah I've heard so, yeah. I've never had that happen but yeah, the t- toilet plungers and toilet wands yep 
Yeah, it goes. Put it somewhere because they will. They bring it all. They bring it all. So, oh, go ahead. Oh, hold on, Anna, you're muted. I said you may you may be already ready to talk about this, but what are your tips for um, like taking a deep breath and taking it easy? Because the stress of the PCS comes to me like that's the first thing that comes to mind when I hear the word PCS is oh my gosh you know all that you know that has to come with it so how do you take it easy and take it one thing at a time without lists, getting overwhelmed lists are your best friend I mm-hmm. sit down some people have what they call PCS binders mm-hmm. I never had one of those not an, an official PCS binder you can buy them on Etsy I mean there are all kinds of stuff you can buy them on Amazon I really don't even know what they entail, but my personal PCS binder, I had a timeline of, okay, I'm not doing anything till we get hard copies. I might do yeah. a little bit of what I call soft research. You know, I'll, I'll get online and I'll start looking at, you know, possible, you know, places to stay or look at the schools in the different area. But as far as putting any hard work into anything, I'm not doing Jack until he gets some hard copy orders in hand. Um, because until I see those hard copies, I'm I'm just not putting a lot of energy into it. But as soon as he says those words, I have hard copy orders. It is balls to the wall. Um, it's time to go. It's, you know, we, we got our walking papers. We're, we're jetting out of here. So at that point, that's when I really start making my list. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm 90 days out 120 days out you know it seems like the further along you get in the military life the longer it takes them to get those hard copies to you so yeah i'm thinking 120 day 90 days you're lucky we're like 60 to 30 days yeah i'm thinking you know we'll go with 90 we'll say 90 days out you know i start really going by that list and i'm thinking okay i've got to make sure these are the things that i need to do now this is my overall list i got to make sure i get medical records um vet records a lot of times people forget the vet records get your vet records i always have a folder i haven't actually i have it right here and when you say vet you mean yes. your pets yes yes pets. the veterinarian <laughs> records so important not not va your your actual pet records and i have I actually have this right here now i have my little accordion folder and i keep this believe it or not this is out because we had some really bad storms last night and i knew if i had to jet this was going with me the kids might get taken but i knew this was i was grabbing this um but it has all of my birth certificates in it our social security cards my marriage license any of that stuff shot records for the kids the vet stuff is in there have a folder that has all that stuff in it and keep it with you don't pack it take it with you, keep it on the plane with you, keep it in a backpack, keep all those documents with you. That's the first thing I have is I make sure that I've got passports, all that stuff is in one. I have an accordion file and all of it is in there. Me too. I keep an accordion file too. And it really is good to have that anyway, because usually it's in a fire safe. That way, if something happens to the house or we do have a bad, we're in Huntsville, Alabama, who knew this was Tornado Alley? I had no idea until yesterday when we had all those storms. Um, but I keep it just in case because you never know when you need to grab it. But definitely have going to step away for one second. I'll be right back. Okay. Sorry, y'all. No, you're fine. Definitely keep that. Definitely keep an accordion file with all your documents. Um, the next thing I do to keep stress away is to prioritize that list. I have mm-hmm. that list and then I have to prioritize, okay, I have to have X, Y, and Z done by this date so that I can move on and do this next X, Y, and Z. So I have that list. And then just breathing. Breathing is a yeah. big thing and realizing that, you know, if you mess something up, the world's not going to end. You know, we all forget stuff during PCSs. Anna, you know, you're always going to have that PCS nightmare that happens. I don't care. If you've got everything planned out and yeah. you've got everything lined up to the T, something's going to go wrong. It just, mm-hmm. it just is. Um, and you know, oh my goodness, you know just as well as anybody, you gotta have 50 copies of those, 50 copies of those orders. Yeah. Everybody and their brother is gonna need a copy of those orders and a power of attorney. Power of attorney. 
<laughs> I had to have a POA just for them. My husband was in Huntsville already when they came and did our pack out for here. I had to have a POA along with his retirement orders just so they would pack us out. So you you got to have that paperwork. Keep up with the orders. Good Lord, get that power of attorney. Make sure you've got that. Um, the power of attorney. Oh, my God. Yes, the power of attorney. Here's one people don't think about. Make sure your ID card's not going to expire mid-PCS. Yeah, I had that happen. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Make sure, because you don't want to be in limbo between between point A and point B and realize your ID has expired. Mm -hmm. That's so true. Or um, get to the duty station. It's overseas and it's expiring. Oof. <sighs> Ooh, those are the like worst. <laughs> those are the that worst. Happens. I'm, I missed the, the Oconus conversation last time. I told you my son actually came down with pneumonia that day and we were in the hospital. Oh my um, gosh. But I had an awesome story for that because we, we PCS to Spain and that was a nightmare. I was scared to death. I was shaking like a leaf because I'd never been to a foreign country. Here I am with my little country butt over there in Spain. Don't speak a word of Spanish. And uh, we were over there and I actually got off the base i forgot to take my id and we went off the base and here we are with security guards i can't get back on they've got machine guns and stuff and it was scary <laughs> i was like oh my god i just want to go back home <laughs> oh my god that happened to us and um when we were in italy and we went to the other base it's a base called capo de Kino, mm -hmm. and we went over there and my dumb butt i didn't have my id so we had to get off the bus <laughs> at the front gate and like walk into the base and get id and so i and, you know i know my husband was just like you ding dong like what are you doing oh, my like, husband i don't was. know what happened <laughs> my husband was very vocal he was not very kind over that situation and i was wore out because i had just <laughs> driven you know when you pcs and you're switching time zones even Ugh. if you're in the states you still got to get you be, used to yeah. time zones. you be in brain fog mode oh mm -hmm. it was awful it was awful. I was already scared to death moving overseas. And then here I am off the base and they're talking all kinds of crazy stuff in Spanish to me, <laughs> shaking their finger and stuff. And I'm like, I don't even know what you're saying. I just like, oh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, but like I said, even in the States, you know, you know, you always, I always keep my ID with me now because I never know when I'm going to end up going on the base. You know, and, and, and overseas, I know in Spain, you had to have it to even go off the base. You had to have it. How I got off the base that first night without it, I have no idea. But you have to have it to get off the base and back on the base. So it's just always better to keep your ID with you. But back to PCS and inside the States. What are some of your resources that you have found within the military community that help the most when planning for a PCS? Um, I just found out about, I haven't used it yet, but I didn't realize how much they offer military one source. Mm -hmm. um, they will actually do a lot of research for you and send you all the resources that you need. You just call them and tell them where you're going and um, they'll send you resources. They'll even kind of help you house hunt and that sort of thing. So like the oh, awesome. neighborhoods and statistics and um, school areas and everything. So I'll definitely be using that the next time. I knew they had a lot of stuff. I didn't know they did that much, but I knew they had a lot of resources. Yeah. What about you, Nishina? You're going to be moving at some point from beautiful Japan. What kind of stuff do you use when it comes to resources? Mostly I use Google and um, the FFSC, Fleeting yes. Family Service. I love them. And especially when we went to, um, when we went to Italy, the FFSC, we were in Gaeta, so Gaeta is like a base up like north from um, Naples, and this is where the ship is at, right? So we're up there, and um, my husband was stationed there, and the FFSC there, it was just phenomenal. It's a, um, um, Angelo is the guy who runs it, and also the MWR there, uh, um, uh, her name is Claudia. Yeah, Clelia. They are just so great in there. They have so much information. And they, during the class, it's very a personal class. Because when you go to Japan, you know, the class is big. It's like a lot of people in there. It's in a theater type setting. But 
there it's in a small room. It's just very intimate and they just have so much information and they had a lot of trips. Now I did not take a lot of MWR trips in Japan, but in Italy, I took, I went on a lot of FFSC trips. I had a friend named Delia. We went a lot. She was like my neighbor and we would just go. She'd be like, make me go. Cause I didn't want to leave the house at first. Yeah. And she's like, girl, get your butt out here. We're going to go on these trips. And we did that. And so FFSC in, in Italy was just, even down in Naples, like they were great down there. I, that was the best FFSC that we had since we left maybe Norfolk, but I didn't really deal with them in Norfolk a lot. So you guys who don't know, FFSC in the Navy is Fleet and Family Service. Oh, I'm just keep saying it, huh? No, FFSC, Where you Fleet, saying Fleet and Family so, Service Center, yes. Um, and I'm sure that the other branches, the Army, Air Force, Marines, I'm sure they all Coast Guard, I'm sure they have something equivalent to that. And basically, it's just your family service center and they have lots of information. I know when we moved, that was one of the first things that I always reached out to was the fleet and family service. Um, and then they usually have a welcome aboard package that they can send you. They used to put them in the mail, but I'm sure now they email them. Um, Lord yeah, I. sometimes the ombudsman will send them to you. Like if there's a good ombudsman at the command, they'll reach out to you. They'll send you information, but you have to respond to them or they won't keep yeah, pounding you, of course. Um, but of the ombudsman, they were really good uh, in Italy. I had never dealt with the ombudsman before that, except for in Norfolk. <laughs> and uh, USO, the USO, I love the USO. That's, they even feed you if you go there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they feed you. They give you cookies and apples and waters. I love them. <laughs> USOs are really good, especially transit. If you're transitioning. A lot of times when you're flying, the airports will have a USO area in the airport, and they're amazing, especially if you have a long layover. You go up there, they have video games a lot of times for the kids, and like you said, they've got food and coffee and a place to kind of sleep. They've got charging areas. Um, so, yeah, well, they did have, I don't know how they're doing with COVID, but it, it was that way. Um, another place I always researched and reached out to was the housing office. Mm. Um if I wanted to live on base, of course, we always took advantage of base housing because I wanted to be within the military community, especially moving to a new area. I always wanted to be able to know people and I wanted my kids to be able to have somebody that had something in common with them pretty quick upon getting there. So housing always worked for us. And I made some amazing friends. I never had, I've heard a lot of people have had drama and just nightmare stories about living in housing we always had it really good for whatever reason. I never did. I never had those nightmare stories. Um, I will tell you, and I told you guys this before another, one of the first things I do before we even pick orders is find out, okay, these people I didn't really click with in this last duty station and they were a little wonky. Are they in this duty station? Cause if they are, you need to pick orders somewhere else. Cause I'm not trying to go around wonky people. As, and maybe that's how I stayed away from the drama. Maybe that's how I didn't have drama in military housing because I stayed away from the crazies and they're out there. Y'all don't judge me. People listening, people watching, you know, as well as I do, you may not want to admit it, but you know, there's crazies out there. You try to stay away from It's We have real raw conversations here. Y'all know what I'm saying. We grown adults. They some crazies. Stay away from them. It's okay. It's all right. Stay away from that negativity. You don't need that in your life. Okay. Yeah, no negativity. No, yeah, no negativity. negativity. It'll bring it's you down. Like, I have enough negativity with COVID. I don't need to invite it in with people. I just shuffle them on out the door. Um, schools is another one. If you have children, you know, and you're if you're living on base, you really don't have an option. Most of the time, you just kind of you're at the mercy of whatever is available. But if you're not going to live on base and you're trying to decide a good area to live in, look at schools and a good. And this, there's a school liaison officer now. At, yes, um, and yeah. it's a little slow. I didn't. You're right. I didn't think about that. Um, and they're usually really good. Um, you just kind of the ones that we've dealt with in the past were really good. Um, we always went to greatschools.org, I think, is the website, and we would look up the school's rating, and then I would contact the school liaison. Um, and I've actually used them for issues I had with schools after we've moved somewhere. If I had issues with schools, I've had to get them involved a couple of different times. I have a daughter that has an IEP, 
and we had some issues with the schools and I absolutely got the the school liaison officer involved. I was like, look, I'm about to be on the news. I need somebody to, somebody's got to come in here and be a liaison here because I'm not, you know, mama bear comes out and I'm just not the coolest when it comes to that. So um, that's another good resource if you're moving to look at the great schools and also look at the crime rate in the area. You know, if you're, if you are in between where you're going to move and you got a couple of different areas, definitely look at the crime rate because especially around some of the bases, the crime rate is crazy bad. Um, I know we lived in Millington, Tennessee, which is right north of Memphis before we moved here and crime in Memphis is crazy. That was one yeah. of the reasons we chose not to stay there because the crime is just getting worse and worse. So definitely look at that. Um, yeah, the military one source of what I just learned is that they will research that for you. Do they? Um, okay. So I found that interesting. Yeah. Um, so that's a great first stop. Just go into that website and they have like phone numbers that you can call and talk to a live person um, and they get you all set up. So. And I've heard a lot. Nice. I don't know if you I got usually don't heard. try to like stay next to the base. Mm. You don't do the base. Do you, you don't live in housing? I, I stay, we, we'll stay in housing like overseas and like in Japan we'll stay in the housing just because the premium for staying out of town in my opinion is super high mm -hmm. but in Italy we stayed out in town it was uh, we stayed like down the street from the beach it was nice you know we, the housing there was also I love them like they always took care of us they helped us out a lot and we lived out in town but then um you know like in the states like we never I don't we live on the base at first and then we moved just because it's easier to get from one location to the base that I always felt like I didn't have to put so much time into looking around you know I could drive around so initially I like to move to the base mm -hmm. and I will get housing and we'll stay there until we can you know peruse the area look at places we want to stay you know see the schools for ourselves and stuff like that because just looking from the internet and I do use the grade the grading system mm -hmm. but sometimes schools they can just be going through a rut that year for That's some true. reason and their grade will be low but they're a good school so I try to like move to the base we stay there for you know about six months to a year because we're usually at our duty station for like three years and during that time we're looking for housing we're looking for apartment taking care of paperwork and stuff like that because I just feel like it's easier on me <laughs> I don't know about what I said he's probably like you made me move from one school to this school but he was little then now I wouldn't do that he's in high school but when he was little you know I just felt I like know that boy come on easier. yeah <laughs> yes come on you could do it you got this you could do it so what about Okay, so what about making friends when you get to the new duty station? Do you reach out beforehand? Do you try to join local groups before you get there? Or do you wait till you get there and then kind of try to, you know, scope out the spouse community? Like, how do you, how do you handle that? What do you do when you guys move? I kind of do both. Um, I, I look a little bit ahead of time, but sometimes we move too fast for that. And so I have to feel like I, I, I sometimes feel like I need to detach from the place I'm at mm -hmm. first before connecting to the new place. So where we are now, I waited, we just PCS here in December and I waited until we got here to really try to connect. But I would say do the um, spouse groups fine. And now the USO even does a lot of virtual events, um, even locally. So our local USO hosts, um, a virtual coffee connection and some USO even do them in person. So I would find those resources, get connected to the local USO, get connected to your local spouse group if they have one. Um, just find those resources like Nishita said, Fleet and Family Services can, you know, show you those resources. But um, I even met my favorite stories. I met one of my best friends in Japan on the pier waiting on the ship to come in. We didn't know each other. I just went up to her and started talking to her. And, um, you know, basically it was like, will you be my friend? And, you know, we're still friends. She, I just love her to pieces. So, I mean, sometimes you just kind of have to go out there and do that. But um, yeah, that's how I do it. That's kind of what I do. I reach out into the groups ahead of time. I'll join some of the local Facebook groups and uh, 
just kind of reach out and be like, hey, guys, you know, I'm coming to the area. Give me all your tips. Tell me the good, the bad, and the ugly about where I'm coming to. Do I live on base? Do I not live on base? What about some schools? What about some neighborhoods? Um, the job market is another thing that I would research before I got to the next duty station. You know, what what was the career outlook for me? What kind of jobs were there for, you know, whatever I was looking for doing? Um, and a lot of times, depending on what company you're with, sometimes they have offices in those different areas. And if you're lucky enough, sometimes you can transfer. It just kind of depends on what you're doing. Um, but then again, if if you're with uh, with a with everything like it is now, you can get with a military spouse employment agency. They, I know they've got some. Sorry, guys, I know we're kind of Navy heavy. So we talk about, you know, the Navy stuff that we know about. Um, so Fleet and Family has the military spouse employment program um, that you can join with them and they'll help find employment for you when you're there. And then there's also other resources out there. You know, I work for vet jobs and we help military spouses find jobs as well as veterans. Uh, transition service members. There's all kinds of stuff out there that will help you do that, you know, that will help you with resumes and LinkedIn and and help you find jobs. So definitely if you, you know, if you have a career or you have a job and you're wanting to, you know, stay employed when you go to your next duty station, if you don't already have resources there, reach out to some of those that are out there. LinkedIn is your best friend when it comes to your professional portfolio. Definitely get on LinkedIn and start marketing yourself even you can open your profile up and say hey i'm looking for networking in this area um so definitely linkedin is a really good resource if you're looking for employment um and your your oh. other military spouse groups as well mm -hmm. you know you've got all the different military spouse groups that aren't just specific to whatever base you're going to and you can just yeah. hop on there and say hey i'm going here is anybody in the group there I was just going to say, somebody asked um, that is in the area that I was just in up at Fort Belvoir, um, asking about or saying, you know, they didn't feel like they really fit in at the mill spouse group that's there. But I found um, when I was there, specifically in Fort Belvoir, that greater D.C. area, there are a ton of military spouse groups there that you can get involved with. There's one for each branch, and you don't even necessarily have to be in, affiliated with that branch to be in the group. Um, so there's, and that's, I joined those um, before COVID. And so I was able to actually tour all these different things in DC because of that um, and meet people. So even if you don't become best friends with people, at least you're out there and you're doing those things and seeing the sites locally. Um, so I would definitely look into, I think Facebook's your friend. You just search, you oh, know, yeah. search for the groups and find those groups and, and get involved. Absolutely. And yeah, I like, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I like uh, to not, I don't get involved with the community before I get there. It's kind of right. like, I just like to get there and get situated a little. And then if I meet people, I meet them. I just kind of like feel like want it to be kind of organic. And I know Facebook is organic because social media is like really important these days. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I just feel like I just like to get there and meet people. Kind of like Anna said, how she, her best friend, she met her just talking to her. But I like that kind of interaction. I just feel like it's like a spontaneous type of friendship. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the groups, I can never tell who's really in there. And sometimes people are really pushy and bossy in those groups. But then when you meet them, they're cool people. You know what I mean? You're just like, your online person is a little different than who you are. You know? You're right. <laughs> you know, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Because you... And you can't always read people because some people come across kind of right. crabby on social media. Right, and right. Meet them and because it's a, right. social media. Yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. What about what about Jazz? I was just gonna say I really want to hear from Jasmine. I yes. want to hear yeah, everything do, we talked you, about. Like, how does she yes. prepare? What's her reaction? Yes. Um, the how does friends she meet friends? Too. Yeah, you're yeah. you're you are our high schooler, so yeah. we want to hear. You're up, kid. Speak for your people. Them. No, I'm just kidding. Right. <laughs> just yourself. It's a, it's a little bit easier because I like I'm gonna be I'm at school and everything, but a lot of bases will have the youth or teen centers, so you can go into there and talk to people. And then also with social media, it's just easy if you have a friend that's military, you're like, do you? Or if they used to live there, because I have a lot of friends that have lived everywhere. I'm like, do you know somebody? So they're like, yeah. Um. I know you do you know so and so 
And then I'll remember somebody that's there already. And then you just reconnect like that. And actually, and when you have, you already have a community anywhere, pretty much, like if you're younger, mm -hmm. so it's, it's easier. You're just in school talking to people. You just gotta be outgoing. Cause you really, uh, so do you use a social media uh, apps like uh, Snap and what, Snapchat and Discord and stuff like that? Like, are you meeting people through social media? Is that what you mean by like, we already have our kind of like groups and stuff? I mean, well, I don't just, um, I don't like to meet random people only cause it's just, I just find it a little weird, but like, it'll be, a, if it's like a mutual friend or something, then I'll trust it a little more. But yeah, Instagram, Snap, all that. There's other apps too, but. So do you get excited you when your dad gets orders to a new place? Do you get excited about that change or are you just kind of like, mm, I don't want to see, I don't want to say see you later to my friends again. Like, how do you feel? What's your emotion? It depends on where we're going. Like coming going, leaving here. I'm excited about leaving Virginia. I, I don't like it. You ready to go to Cali, aren't you? I'm ready to go to Cali. When they was like, we ever going to Cali? I was like, okay. And even still, I'm ready to go. Even though do, you, do you already have connections out there? Do you already have some some friends out there? Or is this going to be kind of like a, a brand new experience for you? It's going to, I mean, I have a friend who has like a cousin out there. Mm -hmm. And I sort of know her. So it's like that, but we're not like close or anything. But I could, I have connections out there. But my friend who used to live there, I was kind of sad because she moved over here. Oh no, and <laughs> that happens. That happens so many times in the military community too. It's like you you cross paths, one's going and one's coming. And you're like, man, why didn't you get here sooner? Yep. It happens. It happens. Um, the other thing that, uh, you know, it can be overwhelming, but I kind of go with the flow with it is as you're leaving and you've made all those friends at the current place that you're at is how do you say goodbye to those people? How do you meet with everybody before leaving? Um, and how do you keep your emotions in check? Um, because it can get emotional when you're constantly saying goodbye, um, especially if it's a person that themselves are not military. Um, you know, and so I, I've learned to, you know, try to get together as much as I can, whether it's individually for, you know, a coffee or a lunch or a big, have a big group together for something, um, you know, but, you know, for some people I say, hey, don't take it personal if, if I'm not getting overly emotional about leaving. I'm just going to, I, and I told Sybil this when I said goodbye to her, I'm like, I just, Act like it's, hey, I'm going to see you tomorrow. I'm going to see you next time. I'll see you. I don't get really emotional about it because it gets, it's too much, you know, when you have to do that with every single person. Um, so, yeah. You're right. And, you know, that was one of the topics that we discussed. It was like our second, maybe, or third discussion we were talking about, you know, connections and connecting with, it was Nishida's talk, actually, the frenemies, the best friends. And we talked about how as military spouses, a lot of times we disconnect from our friends, even especially the people that you're super close with, when you know you're getting ready to leave, you know, you kind of start emotionally disconnecting, you start detaching because you know what's coming. And I think that's harder on our civilian friends because they're not used to those see you laters like we are. And I have had friends that got really emotional about me moving and I'm like, I'm going to miss you, but there's social media, you know, we're still going to talk. We're still going to see each other. We can FaceTime, we can chat, we can text, but for them, it's not the same, but for military spouses, it's just kind of commonplace that I'm going to see you again, you know, at some point. And even if we can't get together in person, there's still so many ways to still stay connected. But it is hard for some of our civilian friends and even our family because they're they don't have that mentality of well just because we can't get together in person doesn't mean we can't still be close so it is you know it's just another example of the uniqueness of the military community that not everybody experiences and it is hard to explain to some people why we're not getting emotional and crying and, and sappy ugly crying now I will cry over some of my close friends. I will get like, you know, because because I've just been hanging out with them so much. Mm -hmm. And then I know I'm about to leave and they're not gonna be there. Like they're not gonna be there to have coffee with. I know 
like in Japan, it was, you know, I was friends with Robert. I was friends with the Japanese people there. I was friends with my friend Monique. Sybil, I mean, Sybil was kind of just like, it just felt like we knew we were going to see each other again, but I did cry a little bit up to myself, not the simple though. I didn't, like, oh, I didn't, no. I didn't tell her, <laughs> but it's like some of them, like my friend Camille, I used to go to her house when we were in Italy. She, like she lived over in Bondi and I would drive over there and she would drive to my house and people, you know, like, um, like other people, like, I just, you're not going to see them. You know, you're not going to be able to talk to them the way you want to. And a lot of times when I move, like my friends are busy people. They're not just sitting around waiting for me to call them. You and then you I mean? get and then you get into your new rhythm and you're meeting new people. Yeah. And for me, it's hard to like because that you know I like that one on one, and it's so hard for me to connect everywhere. Right, right. And I just feel like very sad at the time. Just, just very like I, I want to take them with me because because it's just different. It's just especially if you met them at the end or like even if you met them at the beginning you're just not gonna have that connection with them anymore and social media is cool but like I said it's just everybody's busy they have their own life now there are some people I've collected the dynamic changes you know the dynamic yeah Yeah. and I've collected people though that I just keep them like we stay in touch no matter what Yes, <laughs> so and that's you, cool. But you'll always have those people that you can pick up with, like you never yeah. had a break. Like Hope and I, you know, Hope and I have been friends for God, I don't even know how long anymore. And we didn't talk for years, you know, other than the occasional, hey, happy birthday, you know, or Merry Christmas or whatever. And then when we did pick back up and start really talking again, it's like no time had ever passed. You know, we picked right back up where we left off. And the it's a it's a blessing and a curse those pcs's you know because it is bittersweet to say goodbye there's a bit of excitement for what's coming but it is emotional i don't care where you're at in the pcs whether you're stressed you're emotional because you're stressed out about everything that's about to happen you are emotional because you're leaving dear friends that have become family you know I, I call I consider my military family more family than some of my blood because they're the people that I've depended on to get me through some of the hardest times. And you just PCS season, you know, you have the stages of deployment where you have different emotions and there's stages of PCS and two somebody needs to teach a class about because there really is some it's so true crazy emotions. Somebody and especially for the kids. My kids still miss the people at the last place we were at. Um so I would love to hear from Jasmine on her thoughts on, <laughs> I'm going to pull you back in, girl. You've got to just be be loud and cut in and tell us how, how is it like for you when you, for the friends, when you leave friends behind, but then you meet new ones and, you know, do you keep up with everybody? Do you just collect friends? <laughs> I don't know if I just, if I just, if it's just me growing up in this, but it's easier for me to move on if it's like, I mean, I have, I'll tell all my close friends. Like, yeah, I'm moving and it'd be really sad because you know, those are the people that I see every day. Like y'all said, I talk to them every day. But it's like I kind of just I I do disconnect from everybody else. Like most people don't know I'm even moving. It's gonna be a surprise to majority <laughs> people I know. I'm gonna be gone. But it's I don't know, it might just I think it's just because I grew up in it where it's just easier for me to be able to be like, I'm gonna see y'all later, or we can still stay in touch because we know how to use social media. So it's like, this doesn't mean anything to, to me for real. Yeah. And I think that's the kids mentality, you know, growing up in it. I think they're more resilient than even we give them credit for because, you know, my oldest is 20. So this is all he knew. I had him, we were 19 and 20 when we had him, we were kids. I'd kill him if he told me he was having a kid right now that I think about it. He's the exact same age I was when I had him. But, you know, we were talking about this the other day from a military kid standpoint. And he's like, Mama, you know, it just it, it is what it is. And it was what it was. You know, I knew that we were going to be moving. I didn't get attached to people because I knew what was coming. You know, he's, he said I had my friends. But at the same time, I knew in three to four years I was going to be saying see you later. But they were military kids. So they were the same way. You know, they they kind of had that same mentality. So. 
I have to say, I think I worry more about my kid than my kid worries about my kid. You know, I think the whole time he grew up in a military life, I always worried about well, what's this move going to do to him? You know, how is this going to affect him? And he was just kind of like mm, rolling with the punches, you know, it didn't, it didn't seem to bother him like I thought it would. So jazz, you know, you, you just kind of solidified my thought process that, you know, kids really are more resilient than we give you guys credit for. Um, which speaking of next month is month of the military child. So, um, I haven't even gotten mine in there yet, but I know we're collecting photos and stories about your military kids. We're going to be putting them on the website and on our Facebook page. So send us your awesome meal kid pics. Um, you can send us a blurb about how awesome they are. They really don't get enough, uh, enough recognition for the sacrifices that they didn't sign up for. You know, they, we brought them into this God love them. And my son never, he, that's one thing he, he told me frequently when he would get upset, I didn't sign up for this, but, um, you know, they're so resilient and they are so great about just kind of being there for us. I know my son was my rock many times during our military experience because I mean, that was, he was my ride or die. You know, that was, that was what I had him and my friends when my husband would be gone. So definitely if you don't have those milk kid stories, get them in there to us so that we can put them out um, for the month of April. And I think we had a, a cutoff date of March 21st, but we've extended that I think to March 30th. So you guys still have time to get them in there. Jazz, I know you're in there. I know your mom's going to put you guys on there because she's just great like that. And, and I'm a slacker. Ja uh, Nashita, do you guys have your kids in there yet? Have you submitted your kids? No, my son is off limits. He's a uh, no social media. Uh, <laughs> so I've been like that since he was little. He's like, don't, put, don't be sharing my pictures out there. <laughs> He's but a no. teenager now, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he, as far as friends go, he, he has his little group of friends that he's pretty much kept for a long time now, so. He, he'll meet people along the way, but because of social media, they're just able to really stay connected. So I don't worry about him as much. As long as his friends uh, participate and stay connected with him, you know, I think it's fine. But he does not like, you won't really see him on the camera or <laughs> talking or lots of pictures of him on the internet. He's pretty much like, uh, likes to preserve, preserve his anonymity. So. I don't blame him. I don't blame him. And I'll have to put my kid on there in secret. You know, the girls, they're not going to care so much, but Christopher will be like, mama, don't be advertising me, but I'm, I'm still going to do it. And Anna, what about you? And, and I know, uh, I know you've got some, so you have fur babies too, right? Uh, we actually had to let go of both of our fur babies a couple Aww. of weekends ago. They, um, <laughs> so that's a little tough subject in the fur. <laughs> I knew you had fur babies. They were both old and one had mouth cancer and the other one um, was just very old and arthritic. And so we had to let them go strangely on the same weekend. Um, but that's part of being a pet owner, you know, it's, you know, it's hard. So it is. they don't live as long as we do. You're good if you get a decade out of them. <laughs> and that's about, they were both about a decade, but, um, but yeah, I'll be submitting my kids, um, you know, I think what I was thinking as you were talking was, um, I think what's important, and I was just thinking in my head, I think my son was like in third grade, maybe we, when we were leaving Japan, um, it was like third grade when he finally started getting into his extracurricular activities that were like his thing mm -hmm. that you, he could take with him wherever we go. So I think if you find that activity and that they can have that with them, especially maybe, you know, as they progress. So for him, it's like skateboarding, biking, and you know, scootering. So I'll probably send a picture of him, you know, doing something like that. And my daughter's still a little bit too young to have something that she, she likes that way. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have to send some pictures of them maybe um, in our different locations or something. That'll they, be cool. Yeah. Cause they are strong. They do sacrifice, especially when they meet those friends that they want to be besties with. And they're so young um, you know, I think as they get older, maybe they understand more, but when they're young and they have that good, good friend that they don't want to leave. Um, so yeah, they, they well, do deserve. 
military fur babies are still babies. So put your fur babies in there, Anna. Send us your yes. military fur babies. I will. You guys can I send will. Us, definitely send us your fur babies too, because they're still military kids. Yes, yes. definitely. She doesn't have a choice. I'll put her on there. <laughs> <laughs> and we know Carlos is going to make an appearance. Yeah. <laughs> we know Carlos Jones is going to be on there. I think they, they love it. They get new places to smell, you know. We had our our dog was, um, he went from, you know, West Coast dog. We rescued him there and he came with us all the way from the West Coast to the East Coast and then down to Florida. So he got all these new places to sniff and, you know, he knew he was somewhere new. It was like he would wake up in the car and we'd be somewhere new with new trees and animals. Males and, and people. Yeah, they love it. I know one of our fur babies, I have I have three now. My son found one on the side of the road and it's a mastiff. Oh my God. He found a mastiff on the side of the road? And you picked it up? Like you took it? You were like, oh yeah, we'll take that mastiff. He was a puppy. He was like a little oh, itty bitty bitty okay. No, girl, I didn't get no full blown. Oh, you know, in my mind, it was a big horse dog. <laughs> horse dog. Horse right here. Like, is that a no, is that a pony? No, it's a mastiff. I was like, yeah. He's huge now. And and I thought he was a mastiff when I saw his feet, but it was confirmed last week at the vet. He's about six months old and he's 55 pounds. Oh. Um, but but we have them that we technically rescued and then i have a lab mix and then i've got my miniature pincher but my miniature pincher we got him in hawaii so he's a hawaii dog but he's been to tennessee alabama he went to spain with us so he is a very multicultural dog he is mr international he is mr. and they have pet passports you know when you go overseas yeah. with pets they have to have a pet passport so but you know our, our animals go through a lot with pc they do too. yeah our dog she was uh born in texas we had another one but we lost him in italy Aww. um so but they were in texas then went to japan then went to italy then went to she made it to michigan now she's back in japan so Woo! i know what you mean the international dog <laughs> man your dog has been there <laughs> But it, it is been through it all too. You know, the dogs know more than anybody, but you go through. Yeah. <laughs> Even when you're alone, they right there next to you, like, they you are. gonna be okay? Because yeah. I'm gonna need to eat at some point. I'm gonna need to drink. <laughs> yeah. I need Just to go out. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to get up okay. after that dump. I'm gonna need That's you to right. dump you're in. I'm yeah. gonna get up out of that yeah. and uh feed they too depressed because they like, look, I'm about to poop all over your house. <laughs> You don't want to get up. I got something for that. <laughs> I got the I got the remedy because you're gonna get up. And take it is good up. for you, and it and I always no matter how much you don't want to get up and leave, it's so good for you to get out there with them and walking and getting that fresh air. It really is. It's good for you both. <laughs> yeah, and that sunshine. You know, it's and like, you meet it's, people. You'll meet people you if meet you're walking people, your dog yeah. or whatever. So you know, if you have a cat, I don't know. Maybe you put the cat on a leash, but. <laughs> Yeah, the dogs are definitely a good way to meet people. That is true. That's another one. And you know what? Going to the gym, too, whenever you get to a new duty station, you know, join a class. Oh, I don't um, talk at the gym. Don't talk to me at the gym. I talk after like, the class. <laughs> she points to her here. <laughs> me time. This is me yeah. time. I can't talk to you. You finished with your set? Because why are you still talking? That's me. I've been like, did you finish? Okay, we're about to run. I can't talk to you while we're on a treadmill. I'll feel all ha ha, but I you finished with those weights. I don't know what you <laughs> I don't know if you're like, I don't want to go That's to a whole other thing, topic. Anyways. That's a whole other topic is just have those earbuds in. Just even if you're not listening to them, just be like, I'm I'm sorry, I can't. <laughs> sorry. And I'll be honest, and this is another one of those, you guys know I put it out there. I have literally, if I go meet a new person, and yes, I'm, I am this person, because I do have anxiety, believe it or not, about meeting <laughs> new people sometimes. Flat out, I will set an alarm that's going to sound like a phone ringing, and I will be that person that, based on how this relationship is, is going at the moment during this coffee chat, I will either answer that alarm that sounds like a ringtone, or I'll no, on now we all know you out no. now you can't even do it no more because now you told everybody <laughs> you know 
I don't now. I'm I'm old enough now. I think I hit forty, and I'll I'll be just like y'all. I got to jet. Yes. I, go. I don't even Thank care. Yeah, I've got to something else to do. <laughs> I need to wash my hair. I need to dye it. Y'all know I was dyeing my hair last week. So <laughs> yeah. put that everywhere. Now I'm old enough. I can say this is not working for me. I'm, <laughs> I'm not vibing with you. I got to go. You you're killing my my vibe. My feng shui. You, you yeah. do something with it. You know I got to go look at Dashina. <laughs> I never know what Becca's gonna say. Well, I'm, I'm, but you know, you got those people, and you've been like, God, dog. <laughs> or, or I'll start if I'm not sure how it's gonna go, and I'm making a, and I make a coffee date with a new friend at a, at a place, and I'm not sure how it's gonna go. I'll be like, okay, I got an hour. We're gonna meet for an hour because I got stuff I gotta do this afternoon. But let's get together. And then if it goes great, great. And if it doesn't, I know. I only got 45 minutes of this left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This too shall pass. I got 45 minutes of this hour left. I can do anything for 45 minutes. Yeah. So, but yeah, you know, you just got to, there's lots of great tips out there and, and lots of great tips in the military spouse magazines that are out there on PCS. And um, any final tips, Jazz, do you got any tips? Jazz, yeah, Jazz, give us some tips, Jazz, give us some tips. Um, well, for the kids, just do what your parents say because I'm going to yell that. Be still my heart. <laughs> when they're when they're PCSing because they get irritable, you would just <laughs> they do get irritable. We know That's what the Sybil's best. Been doing. We know what Sybil's been doing to them babies. <laughs> they get irritable. That's the best. But it's the truth. But go ahead, Jasmine. So do what your parents say. What else? What else you got for us? Do do whatever they say. The rest you stay out the way. Do what they say and stay out the way. I love you. And Jasmine, what about um, when you have those PCSs with the really long uh, drive or a flight or anything like that? Well, I usually just sleep through them. Either listen to music, watch movies, or sleep through them. Yeah, good one, good one. Yeah, I can't sleep when we're when we're traveling. <laughs> I can't either. And Jazz has a long drive coming up. They've got to drive to Cali, so she's got a couple of days in that car with her irritable mama. <laughs> you got to take you got to take the scenic route, like not the well, you know, not too scenic, but one of those. There's like three routes that you can take through the United States. There's like the upper route, the middle, and then the lower. And we took the upper route when we moved from Washington State to Virginia. And it, it's like, I think it's called the American route or something. And it takes you through all the different sites. Like, um, it'll take you through uh, somewhere in Montana. And then it'll take you through, um, oh, uh, what is that? Um, all those different, i um, trying to think, the thing with the, um, now my head, my head goes blank after 8 p.m. at night. I understand. So the place you like the, the, the thing with the <laughs> the thing with the thing out of things. The four presidents' heads, <laughs> Mount Rushmore, Mount Rushmore. <laughs> Mount Rushmore. That and the Badlands. Oh my God, that was amazing. The Badlands. Like we even took a helicopter tour through there on our way through. But that anyway, that was the northern route that you could take. And then there's like a middle route. Um, and then the southern one, and, and one of them will take you through the Grand Canyon. We didn't take that route, but um, one one of those routes takes you through the Grand Canyon. But that's definitely, it makes it worth it. Even if you just kind of like, even if you're like, you know, throwing your drinks out the window, peeing in cups, and you can only stop for a minute, it's worth it to see those places. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I think that's about all the tips we have for PCS and guys. Um, we are at the end of our hour. We are. If you guys have any more questions or anything, shoot us a message, put it in the comments, and we'll try to get the answers to you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Between all of us, surely we can come up with something if you've got questions. Yeah, and if you're yeah, or if you just want to talk to us, yeah, if you and just want to say whatever location, you want to say, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let us know. We've got um, we we can probably reach out and we might know somebody at that location and put you in touch or something like that. Absolutely. Well, you ladies, I will talk to you soon. I'm sure y'all have a good night. Jazz, thanks for hosting for us.
Of course, of course. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> we will you. see you guys in two weeks with a brand new topic. Sybil will be back. Thank God, I miss her. Uh, I know. It's just not. But we didn't mention um, Mill Spouse oh. Fest as a uh, as a resource. Oh, that's right. I yes. completely forgot Mill Spouse Fest. We'll let her mention that when she gets yeah. back on because she can explain everything. I don't know. Yeah. I'm horrible. I don't know just a ton about it, but she does. So she can explain yeah. all that too. They're it. on all the social media. So look up Mill Spouse Fest. M E S T. Yeah. I'll put it in the comments. Yeah, she'll be over there. She'll hook you up. And Mill Spouse Fest. Exactly. All right. Like, I go there because Sybil's there. I, I didn't even know they existed until Sybil was there. Sybil's there. <laughs> but now that Sybil's there, I'll tell everybody, like, oh, Mill Spouse Fest, Mill Spouse Fest. And they're like, yeah. what's that? I'm like, my girl Sybil's over there. So it's cool. Now. It's, it's <laughs> gotta be awesome. Yeah. Gotta be cool if Sybil's there. <laughs> if Sybil's there. I know. All right, guys. Well, I, I will see you guys in two weeks. Everybody, all our viewers and listeners, thanks for coming. And uh, we'll, we'll see you later. Bye, ladies. Bye. Bye. It was great. See you later. Bye, Jay. Bye. Bye.